It's ten past eleven, so it's time, if you want to, to join us on Facebook Live as we say hi to Danny Hicks for more sports and all. Good day. How are you? Good morning, Phil. Yeah, good. Um, just, you know, waking up like everyone else this morning to another Liverpool defeat at Anfield. It's, um, in un- uncharted territory, Liverpool, five defeats in a row at Anfield. Never happened before in their history, would you know? Seems incredible to be saying this, you know, runaway champions last year, uh, Champions League winners the year before, went 68 games unbeaten at home until they lost to Burnley on, what, 21st of January to end that run. Everyone thought, you know, all, all good things come to an end, just a little blip. But no, they haven't won a game since. Five defeats in a row at home. Not only that, they've only scored one goal in that time, and that was a penalty against Manchester City when they lost 4-1. And you know, so no goals in open play. It really is a strange, strange sort of fall from grace for Liverpool, who, uh, let's not forget, just before Christmas, we were talking about Liverpool-Tottenham. Tottenham were top of the league, and, and Liverpool were... Uh, were playing them and Liverpool would go top and they they won and they did go top and it was like everyone was talking about it as either Liverpool or Tottenham for the league and mm. you look at the table now it's ridiculous Liverpool down there in seventh and Tottenham in eighth and both of them really uh, struggling to e- even contemplate getting in the Champions League places the top four next season it really has been a turnaround on the coattails of course of Man City's great run 21 games one on the trot, but Liverpool... This whole COVID thing and crowds and this, that and the other has totally discombobulated everybody. Some might say it's a new broom in a rather nasty way, which might not be a bad thing. And where do you go with that? Well, I I think it's undoubtedly a factor in this Liverpool poor run at home because they haven't got the cop behind them. They haven't got the crowds roaring. Undoubtedly, that, that crowd at Anfield does lift them at home. I've never, I've never known a Liverpool team, you know, be so poor going forward as well. I mean, when you look at the talent they've got up front, um, mm. Sadio Mane and, and Firmino and, of course, Mohamed Salah, who was substituted on 62 minutes last night and did not look happy. And, and it seemed to me it, it was a desperate sort of throw of the dice from Jurgen Klopp. And we don't normally see desperation from him. Um, he's got Diogo Jota fit again and on the bench. And he thought, well... You know, Salah looks a bit jaded, uh, but he's their top scorer. You don't, when you need a goal, when you desperately need a goal, you do not take your top scorer off. And uh, it seemed like to be a bit of a punt in the dark mm. from Klopp. It didn't work. They lost 1 0. Um, and, you know, the, the, the slump goes on. And, um, you know, it's interesting to hear Jurgen Klopp afterwards because for the first time ever, I think, he was almost lost for words. It's just annoying to talk about the same things again and again here. It's, it's easy. I have not. I have no smart explanations for it or whatever. It's just. It's tough, but um, we have to to fight through this. Yeah, you see, he, he don't want to keep talking about it. Of course, well, what, what can he say? He's got to find a way through, though. He, um, games come thick and fast now. You know, with this truncated season. They've got Champions League, which they are doing okay. I mean, that, that's their one saviour, I guess. Mm-hmm. They won 2-0 in their first leg against Leipzig in the Champions League in the middle of this slump. But just go, I'm just looking at their results since 17th of January when they drew 0-0 with Manchester United at home. They haven't won at home in the league since, I said. They've gone out of the cup to Manchester United 3-2. Uh, all their wins have come away from home uh, at Tottenham at West Ham. But at home, they've lost to Brighton, they've lost to Burnley, they've lost to Man City, they've lost away to Leicester, they've lost at home to Everton, which really hurts. 
Um, they did pick up a win against Sheffield United last weekend, but they're the bottom club, Sheffield United. They should be beating Sheffield United, you know? This is where I've got to invite the footy fans to join us on Facebook Live, because you might have an answer to all of this. Morning Brew is where we are, and we are rolling. Danny. I mean, it doesn't help the fact that uh, it probably hurt a bit more that it was Thomas Tuchel, the Chelsea manager, who, who, who succeeded Klopp at Borussia Dortmund. And before that, actually, Klopp was managers, one of his first managerial jobs at Mainz. Uh, when Klopp left there, Tuchel took over as well. And Tuchel took over at Dortmund uh, after Klopp left. Uh, and now he's, uh, he's sort of haunting him again, as it were. And uh, yeah, but Tom Stuckel's coming at Chelsea. Everyone thought, you know, was surprised that they sacked Frank Lampard. But um, you know, he's, he's coming and done the exact opposite. The last 10 games, the 10 games in charge, he hasn't lost any of them. He really looks like he's, he's marshalling Chelsea into a force. And uh, he's clearly very happy with what's going on there at the moment. The guys are there. They're totally reliable. They are hungry. They, are, they have an amazing spirit and energy uh, when you are at the sideline. It's, it's great, great to watch. It's a pleasure to coach them, to be on the sideline. And, uh, yeah, I see, I see an improvement uh, in every game. And I see things that are very, very reliable on a high level. And this is a very good feeling. Yeah, you can tell he's, he's he, you know, he's, uh, he's not he's not too emotional when he speaks, is he? But you can tell he's bubbling a bit there. You know, he says very positive. Everything he sees, the way players are working, they're a pleasure to work with. Uh, everything's going in the right direction for Chelsea. They're up to fourth now. They play Everton who are fifth on Monday. And if they get a good result there, Chelsea, obviously they can start to put a bit of daylight between them and, and the teams, teams chasing for the Champions League place. And you know, you would have thought when Tuchel took over that maybe fourth place was the height of their ambitions this mm. season. But now you're thinking, well, you know, Man City are out of reach at the top. But you're thinking third, second, certainly they could catch Manchester United at the moment. Manchester United have drawn their last three games nil-nil. They play Manchester City on Sunday. We'll come on to that in a second. Yeah. But, um, you know, what now for Liverpool? I mean, they're at home to Fulham on Sunday. Fulham's struggling down the bottom. But, uh, uh, you know, got beat last night... Uh, edged out really by Spurs 1-0 but the, you know they're fighting for their lives Fulham and and I think the, the Liverpool players need to show a bit more fight fight for their life no good feeling sorry for themselves it's no good li living on past glories it's no good to say oh we've got Van Dijk injured and we've got Jordan Henderson in, injured and woe is me if you start feeling like that you're going to get turned over by teams like Fulham who are fighting for their Premier League lives and uh, you know Fulham showing some good signs under Scott Parker the ex sort of Tottenham Chelsea man who, who's mm. taken over and and you know they're just you know they've got a battle on their hands but they'll fancy it you know Fulham will be looking at Liverpool's form recently and going we we can we can get a result here you know we can we can go to Anfield like everyone else has done and turn them over so Liverpool um, really have got to turn it around quickly like I say Chelsea go from here they go to Everton they play Everton on Monday and and they can really cement a place in the top four um, other games this weekend to look out for. Of course, Sunday, Manchester City against Manchester United, uh, the big one, the Manchester derby, Manchester United second, Manchester City, well, they're 14 points clear at the top. And, you know, it's just a game that Manchester United cannot afford not to win, really, if they want to have any ambitions of trying to close the gap. But no one's going to close the gap on City, are they? 11 games to go. Um, I think City will win that. Manchester United, another team struggling to score a goal late. Like I say, three nil-nil draws in a row now for Manchester United, and um, you know desperately need need a spark up front. Manchester City going from strength to strength. Twenty-one games won on the bounce, and uh, they win that. They'll be what uh, doing my masses. Seventeen points clear of Manchester United 
with 10 games to go. You don't make up that sort of deficit. Might as well give the trophy to Man City now and everyone else is fighting for the minor places. Rick says, can Liverpool make up top four? Can they make top four? Well, they can make top four. I mean, mathematically, yes. And, uh, you know, they're four points off it, but they have played a game more than the likes of Everton and Tottenham. The problem is that the teams around them are, are, are getting back into some sort of form. West Ham are going well. Tottenham are going well. Uh, Everton are going quite well at the moment and, and Liverpool aren't. And you look at Tottenham, they, they're one point behind them, got a game in hand. Mm. They win that above Liverpool, that would be Liverpool down to eighth. And it might not be, you know, you do the maths and you go, well, they're only four points off the top four, but there are a few teams in between. And it not only requires you to win your games, in which Liverpool are not doing at the moment to get into the top four, but it requires everybody above you to be losing theirs as well. And there's yeah. no sign that's going to happen. So um, it's going to be tough for them, but, uh, you know... 10, 11 games to go, anything can happen. Put a run together. The, the, what the Premier League has shown us this this year is if any team puts together a run of three, four, five wins on the trot, they can shoot up the table, three, four, five defeats on the trot, they can they can drop out the picture. So uh, all to play for, but time is running out. You know, we're getting towards the sharp end of the season. They have to turn it around soon. They have to turn it around right. starting with Fulham. He says, Ken Spurs, Rick's talking to us on Facebook Live. Get on there if you want to join in. Morning Brew is the page. Ken Spurs, he says. Yeah, well, I'd like to think so. And it, it's looking promising, isn't it, with Gareth Bale getting starts and, and playing so well, which Spurs fans have waited for all this season. Deli Ali started last night. It's good to see him back and getting in some sort of form. So the squad is sort of building some depth there. And, and Mourinho shows signs that, you know, he's not just all about park the bus and, and keep it tight at the back. He's played some very attacking formations in recent games. And... Uh, you know, let, let's see how they go. I hate to say, you know, we're all talking, at, uh, you know, three months ago, everyone was talking about it's either Tottenham or Liverpool for the title, how quickly things change. You know, it's not, not a season to make predictions. And I think you, you're right, Phil, your point about no crowds and COVID and restrictions and players living in bubbles and having to travel in bubbles, especially those involved in Europe. Yeah. It, it's got to take a toll. And I think you're seeing it on, on clubs like Liverpool and Tottenham and so on, who are really, you know, struggling to reach the heights they've reached in recent seasons. And, uh, you know, they're talking about crowds back before the end of the season if things go well, vaccines and so on in the UK. Fingers crossed for that. Yeah. But let's have it back normal for next season. I think that's the big game for everyone. You bet. All right, let's move on. We've got to talk about F1, haven't we? Yeah, we'll talk about F1 in a minute. Just quick mention of the cricket. Starts oh, yeah. at 12. Uh, final test in, in India, in Ahmedabad. Uh, England against India. England needing to win to square the series. India needing to win to get the World Test Championship final at Lords against New Zealand in the summer. Um, is, and India on top again, I, I'm sorry to say. England 205 all out yesterday, having won the toss. India 24 for one. England need early wickets this morning. That starts again at midday our time. So if you're free and you've got a telly available... Um, watch a bit of that because I think the first uh, I will be because I think the first or second uh, first uh, first and second sessions will be crucial and uh, if India back back with any sort of determination as England should have done yesterday then I think they'll put the series out of sight uh, but yeah let's come on to F1 because we're we're nearing the start of the season I'm getting quite excited about the start of the F1 season having the, most of the cars have been unveiled now. Just Williams to, to do their season launch today. Mm -hmm. But uh, we had some really exciting ones unveiled this week. First Grand Prix coming up in Bahrain, not in Australia this year because of COVID. That's been moved to November. So the first Grand yeah. Prix is in Bahrain on the 28th of March. The cars will be testing, so we'll see them on the track in Bahrain from the 12th of March to the 14th. So not long to, what's that, a week's time. We'll actually see them on the track in anger. 
but we've seen them uh, on display, as it were, this week. And, you know, two or three cars really caught my eye. Mercedes, as always, looking the, the team to beat. Uh, and they've unveiled that they're going to have their black livery that they had last season in support of Black Lives Matter and social social issues. They're going to have that again this season. Uh, I don't know. We might have a picture of the car there. It looks absolutely stunning. We do. It looks um, amazing. I mean, some pr- improvements, but it looks... Re- I, you know, they talk about Mercedes being the silver arrows. I don't mind this at all. I think this looks absolutely stunning. I think in many ways it's more eye-catching than silver. It's a, to me, I, those of us who are, are old enough to remember might remember the old uh, sort of Lotus John Player special in the 1970s. Yeah, exactly like that. It, it, it really evokes memories of that. I mean, we shouldn't advertise cigarettes, I know, <laughs> but uh, every, everyone was advertising cigarettes in those days. But, uh, yeah, the old JPS uh, of Lotus, it really reminds me of that. And, uh, of course, Lewis Hamilton's um, been talking about his prospects. He's, he signed a, a year-long contract and... Uh, he, he, he's only going year to year now, but of course he's, he's going for an eighth world title this season. But you think with a, a season launch that, uh, you know, he's seen it so many times, hasn't he? He's done it so many times with Mercedes. It would be a bit old hat to him. But no, Lewis Hamilton's really excited. It definitely doesn't get old. I mean, it's fascinating to see technology evolve. Um, as I said, it is the same foundations of last year's car, but it's obviously got new components around it. But there's only two of us that get to drive this car, you know, all year long. You know, this is this is going to be our home. This is going to be with us, connected to us on this crazy journey that we have no idea what's what's up ahead of us. And yes, yeah, so it's the most exciting. It's like going to the fun fair, knowing you're going to ride a roller coaster, but we get to do that all year long. So. <laughs> We're so lucky. Yeah, very lucky. Yeah, you heard a little bit from Valtteri Bottas there, but like going to the fun fair, he says he's giggling away like a kid and he's probably going to come home with a goldfish again, isn't he, um, this season. But uh, everyone else chasing him. But a couple of new names on the grid. Well, a new name and an old name. They're both old names in motorsports terms, but new names in Formula One. Alpine uh, have launched this week, uh, formerly Renault, uh, which were, of course, Lotus up till 2016, then became Renault, and now Alpine, which is a sports sort of arm of of Renault, they want to brand it that way. And I have to say their car as well, we should have a picture of that, the blue, is absolutely stunning as well. It's like a shocking cobalt blue, really eye-catching, looking forward to seeing this on the track. Um, of course, they got Fernando Alonso back driving this year, um, which is really great to see back in Formula One. And, and they'll be looking to, uh, you know, they'll be looking to fight McLaren and and, uh, and the likes of uh, Racing Point, now Aston Martin, for in the midfield this year. Uh, I'm really excited by the look of that car, and by all means, uh, it went really well in the shakedown. The yeah. other new name on the grid, which is an old name, of course, and it's a fantastic old name, is Aston Martin. Aston Martin taking over the name from Racing Point, who were before that Force India, and Aston Martin have gone back to their racing heritage. They've they've got this uh, lovely looking green uh, livery, which is evoking. We're looking at it now; it's stunning, isn't and, it? Yeah, the British racing green people remember from the 60s and the, the famous colours that, you know, sort of Jim Clark at Lowe's and other people uh, raced in it. Yeah. It just looks really good. And um, it's lovely to have Aston Martin back on the grid, isn't it? 60 years since Aston Martin were in, we're in motorsport at this level. And, of course, they've got uh, Sebastian Vettel coming over from Ferrari to to drive for them. And I think Sebastian Vettel, I think it'll be a breath of fresh air for him. He, but all the troubles of Ferrari in the past, he's admitted he was under par at Ferrari last season. But when you're told at the start of the season you're out of a job at the end of the season, of yes. course you're not going to drive there. And um, 
He's really excited to work with them. And I think, you know, under Lance Stroll, the billionaire who bought uh, Force India and then turned it into Racing Point has now bought Aston Martin, basically, and, and has rebranded the team's Aston Martin. I think it's all going in the right direction. He's got money to spend. Mm -hmm. The budget cap then, uh, that's coming in this season will, will help them as well. And, of course, they're, they've got the lovely position that they can buy parts from Mercedes because, uh, as they did with Racing Point last year, which was called the Pink Mercedes, you know, they've got... Um, They've got the gearbox and the rear suspension from last year's Mercedes, which wasn't bad when you think what they did last season. So uh, I think Aston Martin are going to be a force to be reckoned with. And they're talking about challenging for third place uh, uh, on, on the grid behind um, Mercedes and Red Bull. I think Ferrari will be a bit quicker on the straights this season. I think they'll have something to say about it. I mean, they finished sixth last year, yeah. way, way below par, as we know. Uh, and obviously, you know, they're just just seeing these cars and their fantastic looks uh, this week has really whetted my appetite for for Formula One this season. We'll talk a lot more about it as we get nearer to the season start at the end of the month. Yeah. But uh, exciting times ahead and some great names on the grid this season, I think. Danny Hicks with this week's Sports and All. Thank you very much. Font of information. We'll do it all again next week at the same time.